Hello, and welcome to The Gray Area, where I give interviews with developers, talk about gaming news and reviews, and focus on the interrelationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 91st episode in a weekly series called Don't Starve. Here with me is Kevin Forbes, programmer designer at Clay Entertainment. Welcome, Kevin. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Last week's episode was a discussion about MAGFest and My Women in Gaming panel. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Tuesday, January 22nd, and we're going to talk about Don't Starve, the game design, and hopefully have some fun. So let's start with you, Kevin. What is your news of the week? What's happening in your world? Um... Well, I guess the the news of the week for the game, at least, is that we're working on our next update, um, uh, which will go live, I think, next Tuesday. Um, Our cutoff days internally are the preceding Wednesday, um, and then we do some testing and and, and whatnot. Uh, We actually don't have a name for this update yet, but it's it's pretty big. It's one of the bigger ones we've ever done. Um, I guess I can tell you that there'll be a video probably on Friday, our usual kind of teaser video, but Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there will be walls. So, okay. See, I'm uh, still getting used to the terrain. Now we have walls. That's good because I really want to build a house. <laughs> Everyone always asks for a house. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start with your stuff. Um, tell me about you as a child. Were you into games? How did you get involved with video games? Um, I think my dad brought home a computer from work, like one of those really cruddy portable computers from the 80s uh it was like the size it was the size of a desktop tower but it had a handle so they called it a portable computer and uh i think i was about maybe five or six and uh i think the first game i ever played on it was probably some off-brand ascii graphics pac-man clone and it was awesome (laughs) so kind of kind of ever since then we we got our own computer about a year later and and uh i I was a little nerd so i played a lot of it (laughs) nice Now, looking over your profile, uh, you were a personal trainer, a weapons specialist, a safety person at Lear, sales executive. Oh, I'm not supposed to talk about that anymore. I'm sorry. (laughs) It is on your LinkedIn, buddy. Oh, crap. (laughs) Just telling you. Um, That's a lot of diverse jobs, and I definitely want to ask you about some of those because I just have to know, like, gun boss? You were a gun boss? What is that? I think there may be more than one Kevin Forbes on LinkedIn. Okay. Because, man, that person has, like... 50 years of jobs. A way more exciting so... life than I have. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So tell me how you ended up entering the gaming industry and becoming a programmer. Um, well, I, I did um, computer engineering and computer science uh, in university. Um, and at the end of, and, and then I, I took a victory lap in, in grad school and did some uh, like kind of animation, computer animation focused work um, okay. for that. Um, and then at the end of that, um, this would have been, this is 2005 or so. Um, I was going to actually go to San Francisco to work like with an artist, um, doing like technical stuff for mm-hmm. him in installations. But I ran into some like visa issues at the border, uh, and uh, by that time, my my wife and I had had sold all of our furniture and rented out our apartments and everything uh, in, <laughs> okay. in Toronto. Yeah, uh, in, in Toronto, and we had really nowhere else to go, so we we just came to Vancouver because because we had friends here. Um, and Vancouver, at least at the time, was kind of the center of the video gaming uh, development world in Canada. Um, and my skills were appropriate, and I loved video games. Uh, so I got a job at a company called, uh, well, at the time it was called Blue Castle Games. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's Capcom Vancouver, I believe, because they got bought out. Um, but yeah, I worked on a baseball game for a couple of years there. <laughs> 
Well, I hope you like baseball. I don't, um, but oh. I, I learned a lot. Actually, it's it's strangely compelling now. I, I when I travel in America, I often go to baseball games because they're cheap and you don't pay too much attention or know what's going on. And it's it's pretty fun. But I I flash back to like years of making uh, baseball guys catch balls accurately um, <laughs> on the Xbox 360, and I. I'm, I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> okay. Yeah, trial by fire a little bit, huh? So what kind of games did you begin on, your very first game other than the baseball that you, you felt like maybe you, I don't know, oh, you like call yourself officially a game designer? For but, fun? I guess when I was yeah. a kid, I, I made little text adventures and like kind of like yeah. Sierra games, but without the graphics um, that were not very good. And uh, Sierra so, did King's Quest, is that right? Uh, yep, that was yeah. that was one of their earlier ones. Uh, Roberta Williams did a whole series. Of, there's like seven of them or something. Um, but yeah, so stuff like that. Uh, really, like I used to program games in BASIC when I was I don't know twelve or something like that. Uh, and I would make. I think I made a little hockey game that was mostly a fighting game. Um, I made like some Star Trek related stuff, like really embarrassing stuff. <laughs> but I was learning to program, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Never laugh at Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an interesting pairing, the, the writing aspect with the programming. You don't often find people that sort of have those dual skills going at once. Uh, how did you end up being a writer? And what was the first thing you kind of contributed on as far as story? Um, well, for video games, the it, it would be this one. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean... I, I have kind of a strong feeling. I, I'm not a huge fan of like really heavy narrative in games. Like I, some people like it. I, I'm more of a mechanical uh, person, but I, I like theming and very strong theming and world building and that kind of thing. I'm just not big on plot because I think player sh action should have primacy over uh, designer intention in, in that case. Um, but yeah, for Don't Starve, just there's a lot of text that needs to be written, <laughs> and I've, I've written most of it. And and uh, actually, there's some people, uh, as we get closer to release, our, our team's grown a little bit, and some of the other gameplay programmers are, are aping the existing style for the characters, um, which is great. So I don't need to write like more descriptions of rocks and twigs and things okay. like that for, how would a librarian look at this? How would a robot <laughs> think, think of this? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the first professional thing. I mean, like, um, as a hobby, um, I, I used to, in high school, I was... Uh, pretty involved with the school newspaper, which is, again, more nerd points for me. Um, and then uh, for a couple of years, I ran a webcomic. Um, so, uh, yeah, su super nerd points for that one. But, uh, yeah, and, and, and even today, I, I, I do um, make uh, comics that uh, other people write and, and, or sorry, that other people draw, and sometimes I draw them myself and uh, publish them with a group called Cloudscape Comics. Okay. Um, is that Giants on Main Street? Yep, Giants of Main Street was our most recent, uh, our most recent book. Uh, it came out last year. We put out about a book a year. Um, so, and, and we're actually just wrapping up our latest book, uh, called Waterlogged. It's about pirates and the sea and stuff like that. And I just actually finished my story for that, uh, way past the deadline about two days ago. So, <laughs> ah, <laughs> happy, okay. happy not to be staring at that anymore for a while. <laughs> Well, take me through the process of being a writer for a game, because like you said, I mean, this particular game isn't very narratively driven. Um, it's sort of discover the world and everything in it kind of by yourself. And there are little, you know, cool things that different characters say when you point at, at things. But so as a writer, do you sit down as they're beginning to, you know, talk about the concept of the game and all that? Where do you get involved and, and what is your task? Like, how does it begin in the process well, of it? Um 
I mean, everything we've done on Don't Starve has been pretty ad hoc. Um, it, it's we're, we're kind of running around trying to figure it out as as we go. Um, with the writing in particular, I think a couple of months in the project, uh, Jeff, our creative director, um, uh, came and talked to me, and he was having trouble thinking of like what type of characters would fit in the world and what type of characters would not fit in the world, at least like in terms of appearance and, and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, and it, it became apparent that we needed, even if we weren't going to present it to the users, um, at, at least yet, uh, we needed a backstory um, so that at least internally we can stay consistent to some vision for the world itself. Um, so I think I wrote a couple of versions of that, um, which, which have not seen the light of day. <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of forget. There, there was a really complicated one. It was there was like three factions, and like the pigmen represented something, and there were like, these like fairy creatures that protected nature and and demons, and it was very complicated and with an ancient civilization stuff like that. Um, but but actually, as complicated and, and overwrought as that was, um, it was actually pretty helpful in terms of um, constraining. The character design uh, a bit uh, in the game, and and even constraining the mechanics of the game, uh, because with a game like Don't Starve, um, we have no shortage of ideas for new stuff to put in the world, and and sometimes uh, uh, I'm thinking of Krampus right now. Uh, the stuff doesn't go over well because it doesn't actually gel with the world uh, in in the minds of players. So having a filter um, there um, is good. <laughs> okay. And and that's kind of the purpose of those internal documents. Uh, serve. Um, before launch, we're actually going to go a little more in depth with uh, Wilson's background. Um, that, that stuff is is written and there's some, I uh, can't say too much, but there's some interesting things coming about that soon. Um, and then we do need to figure out how to end the game as well. So, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> yeah, that was one of my questions. Does it go on forever or is it going to end? Um, well, this, we debate that actually internally uh, quite a lot. Um, because it, we want it to be a game that people uh, can stay with for quite a while, um, mm-hmm. obviously, because I mean, it helps us as more people play our game and they talk about it and more sales, etc. Right. Um, but but also, like, we want people to get their money's worth and and to feel like you know they're getting a good entertainment value that that, that, that we're providing. Um, but at the same time, like like people do. Uh, a lot of people actually do need some narrative closure. Like they need to see a story with a, a beginning and a middle and an end. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think our intention with that is to have a, a story mode um, where you play as Wilson, at least in the beginning, um, and you progress through a series of, of worlds of increasing difficulty. Um, and then probably there'll be a little bit of story sprinkled in. Like uh, in the beginning of the game right now, Maxwell kind of pops up and says something cryptic. Yeah, you're um, kind of dropped in the middle of a story. You don't really have... You know? Yeah, that's that's the best way to start a story. <laughs> um, I, I think you're like Bethesda, aren't you? Yeah, it's like what's going on? Ah, eat. Um, <laughs> yeah, eat. But yeah, you, you'll 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 see a little more. Uh, he'll he'll pop his 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 head up every so often and 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 fill you in a little more as you get closer to the terrible conclusion. Um and. Uh, and then at the end, I, we actually don't have a movie player embedded in the game, um, so cutscenes are kind of interesting for us. I, I think we'll end up doing some kind of emotion and comic type thing for the ending. Uh, native client doesn't have movie players easily available for us, so we're a little constrained there. And also, we don't want to make a big 
like overblown movie um, for this particular game just doesn't really fit. So something a little more subdued, but but giving some closure and, and saying what happens to Wilson and hopefully tying that to what you did throughout the rest of the game. So like if you if you act as a vegetarian or or you kill every rabbit you see, that you, you should probably get some kind of recognition for that in the end. Um, so there's consequences. It's keeping track of these things. Well, it's not yet. Um, okay, everybody will. Yeah, th- I, if you remember. Um, Sid Meier's Pirates. Did you ever play that game? I did not. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty good game. It actually comes out every about 10 years or 5 years in a new version. Um, but when I was a kid, I played it a lot um, in, in like glorious 16-color graphics. And it, you basically play as a pirate, and it's pretty open-world, sandboxy thing. You, you get new boats, you get new pirates to follow you around, and you work your way up, and there's an economy kind of thing. But it, then at the end of the game, eventually you retire. And it tells you how well you did based upon like your exploits. Like, did you find the treasure? Did you find your long lost sister? Did you bank a lot of money in your personal account? And then they, they give you a title at the end, like you're a bartender or a, a hobo or, or like a <laughs> governor or something. There's, there's a whole track. And okay. I, that, that always resonated with me where it's like, oh, okay, well, you can play as much as you want and, and how you want. But at the end, it's all tallied up and, and you see what happened. <laughs> so, so we're, we're, we're toying around with ideas like that. Um, and we're not quite sure exactly which direction that's going to go, but probably something sort of along those lines. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot of directions. You can see, like, that the game definitely has legs that could go for a long time. You know, you could end up like MMO co- cooperative Wilson play. You know. <laughs> oh, I've never. Everyone always mentions multiplayer. <laughs> it's, it's come up once or twice. Yeah. We want to build a massive city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the game has actually changed a lot since the beginning. Like, um, it was a lot more um, settlers in the beginning mm. uh, when we were first starting out in our initial designs. There's no dysentery of, for eating. Uh, no, it was more you were the mayor of Pigtown, and okay. the pigs were going to do your bidding, and then you'd go off on adventures to get treasures to bring back to the pigs, and 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 a lot of that. I mean, it was influenced kind of by what was going on in gaming overall at the time, like all those awful Facebook and Zynga games and, and, and all that stuff. But thankfully, we, we stepped back from the brink a little bit and uh, and kind of just let the game take run where its legs would take it. And, and we've ended up kind of where we started before all of that, which, which is interesting. <laughs> okay. As the writer... Um I would assume that a lot of the sort of tone of the game and the pathos and the strange sort of <laughs> Wednesday from Adam's family feel to it you now would be generated by you and then the art would follow. Is that the method of how it's created? Um, it's pretty collaborative, actually, and it okay. sometimes goes in different directions. Um, sometimes I'll go to the, to, to the art team and say, okay, I want a creature that acts like this, um, and it fills like this niche in the ecosystem, and it's it's scary or it's cute or whatever. Um, and then they'll come up with something that matches that, and we'll go back and forth, and I'll be like, "Oh, a little cuter, a little scarier, whatever." Um, but then other times uh, they just come up with a crazy-looking creature, and I like it, and I and I think, "Okay, well, what can we use this for?" Okay. <laughs> like the tall birds, for example. The, ah, the tall, I love tall birds. They're 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 probably the, one of the more distinct creatures in the game, and they were just a really early concept uh, made by one of the artists and I was like oh yes we'll use it for something and then eventually it turned into this territorial um, breedable animal that you can mm-hmm. raise for your own How do you feel about the Tim Burton comparison because I, I hear that quite often when people are trying to describe the game um, I like I like uh, 
early Tim Burton. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> okay. it, some of his later movies are, like, are, are so good. Um, but like uh, Edward Scissorhands, but none of the yeah. pirates. I guess yeah. he didn't do pirates. What is this newest stuff? Mm. Um, he, the he did Barbara of uh, Seville. That that was if you like musicals, but. Um, yeah, he did like the Planet of the yeah, Bad Planet of the Apes starring Mark Wahlberg, I think. Oh, and, and wow. Yeah, like I forgot that. about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a reason. Um, uh, it's, uh, we, we referenced like in, in our own talking about what the look would be. It's like, oh, how about something kind of Edward Gorey, Tim Burton? Yeah, okay. That, like so we have a, like a, yeah, like a, a mood board. Like when, when, usually when you start the look of a game, you, you create a mood board, which is just clips of things, like existing media that, that you want to take elements of the style from and you put it all together and you see what fits and what doesn't and then use that as inspiration, um, and, and a template for, for what you're actually going to go for. Um, the danger is you don't want to be a pastiche of what you're, what you're aping. Um, you want to kind of take inspiration and then, and then move along with it. Um, which I hope we're doing correctly. <laughs> No, it's very unique. I, I love, there's something very addictive about it. And, and I don't know because I have to tell you that the first time I played it, I think I went to level 35 and rage quit the game when I died. <laughs> okay. But okay. yet keep coming back to it. So that, that's, that's, that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> okay. the, the, game, the game is hard. It's, it's, well, it's, it's, it's supposed to be hard. Um, there's some broken elements of the economy. And once you kind of figure out what's going on, like really advanced players can live for hundreds of days. And I mean, I, I don't know what they're doing after day 400 or so. Um, that's longer than I play most games for, but, um, I mean, it, it, it's not a, it's not a roguelike, um, but it's, it's roguelike inspired. Like we have permadeath. Um, yes. we, we don't like explicitly, we do not want to have tutorials in the game. We, we try to let the player learn. Um, cause I, I think that, um, that can be fun. Uh, like, just you're dropped into the middle of nowhere. You're trying to figure out the game for yourself, and then every little victory that you gain, like you learn how to craft a thing, or you learn about um, cooking your food, or you learn about uh, farming, or whatever. Yes. Um, every little piece of knowledge that you gain helps you the next time. Um, so there, there, there's a fine line there between um, it's really rewarding and punishing at the same time, and 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 rage quitting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I do want to talk about the game a little more, but first. Um, maybe more about Clay and um, how long have you worked for Clay right now? I've worked at Clay since 2008. Okay. And what's the kind of atmosphere there? My assumption is it's a smaller kind of developer company. Uh, uh, yeah, we're pretty small. I think I haven't counted recently, but it's about 20, 30 people at most. Like we, we gear up and gear down um, with, with contract work um, when we're doing like a larger project like Mark of the Ninja or the Shanks. Um yes. But uh, and then internally to the company, Don't Starve is a is a smaller team, and it, it actually has been ranged in size from at the beginning it was about three people, and currently it's about a dozen. Okay, now th this is the first game for Clay that's not Xbox Live Arcade, is that right? Uh, I think that the original Clay game um, that they did before I joined the company was Eats. Okay. Um, and it, it eventually made it to Xbox Live, but when it when it first came out, it was a PC only thing. Ah, so did you work on any other games, or this is the first one that you've? I done? I worked on Shank One and Shank Two, um, okay. and then when I first started, they were working on a game um, with uh, Nexon called Sugar Rush uh, that kind of never really made it out of beta. The company, the the parent company, pulled the plug um, on the Nexon branch <laughs> that we were working under, and and then we decided to make Shank, um, it kind of in the wreckage of all that. <laughs> okay, the chat room says they love Shank. 
I have. Uh, it's. Uh, I like Shank Two a lot better than Shank One. I, it, it's not my favorite type of game personally, but I, I spend a lot of time making Shank do Shanky things. <laughs> it sounds violent. It's very violent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's talk about the characters for Don't Starve. Now, I've played Wilson, Willow, and Wendy. And W's, you're fond of W's. <laughs> yeah, it, it just kind of it happened, and we, we've been running with it. So okay. all, all, the, all playable characters in Don't Starve start with W. All evil NPCs start with M. <laughs> ah. It's kind of the opposite of Mario. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Now, I'm looking forward to Wolfgang and WX78, but... Uh, they seem, the characters are all sort of, they have the same style and the same sort of angst about them, but some of them are a little less so than others. Like, how would you describe their personalities? I mean, Willow, to me, is more violent and less angsty, and, and uh, um, I don't know, how would you describe them? I guess, um, well, Wilson is a gentleman scientist, which means that, which was an actual thing uh, back when. Um, He's a a person of independent means who has decided to apply his intellect, such as it is, to science. So he's not actually a very good scientist. Um, (laughs) He's overconfident, uh, a little brash. He's got a, a can-do attitude, but he can't actually follow up on a lot of things. Um, So that's that's Wilson. Um, Wendy... uh, Wendy's a no wait sorry Willow <laughs> I, I get Wendy and Willow confused sometimes um, Will, Willow is a is a pyromaniac she's aggressive uh, that's about as deep as her character goes <laughs> I haven't <laughs> understood sure. what it means start fires in the dark although I have to tell you when I play here I feel compelled to set all the forests on fire <laughs> that's which awesome. I do with well, the torch she'll, she'll do it by herself if you, oh, if she you will. her in the dark for too long she gets uh, agitated and just lights a little fire Okay. Uh, which can be good or bad. It, it's good in that it makes the, the monster not eat you in the dark, but it's bad in, if she's standing next to something flammable like your base, um, it'll kind of all go up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll be careful now. Yeah, yeah. It can save you, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not a, a unilateral good. Um, mm. uh, Willow, sorry, Wendy is uh, kind of a gothy kind of character. She's uh, a bit morose. Uh, there's some kind of backstory there with her twin sister. Died under mysterious circumstances. Dun dun dun. Um, Although she's the only blonde, like bright one of the group, which is kind of ironic, don't you think? Because she's the gothy one, okay, but yet she's sort of Goldilocks in some ways. Yeah. Well, we actually have a, a, a planned. If you look in the wiki, I think there's pictures. Um, a lot of our kind of in, in production art is actually shipped with the game because. Uh, hmm. Kind of sloppy, I guess. <laughs> but there's some some planned characters in there uh, that people have actually found pictures. Like they actually go and they analyze the texture format and they pull it out. Um, <laughs> and, and there's a uh, oh, what is her name? I don't know if her name is actually final yet. But there, there's a a very like little Bo Peep kind of character uh, oh. coming at some point. Uh, probably I, I don't know what, what her what her shtick would be gameplay wise. Probably something to do with animals or something okay. I, th- I think she was going to be a vegetarian possibly oh um, wow yeah. that could be interesting which would be very very hard yeah yeah, it would be <laughs> um wolfgang is a strong man uh he's not very smart uh that's that's about all you need about wolfgang he, he, he has a, a weak a, a weakness for for cute things he, he's, he's a soft <laughs> um at heart um, and WX78 is a heartless robot who despises all living things. Uh, Meatbags. Meatbags, yeah. Um, and then the new character that's coming out next week, uh, Wickerbottom. Um, oh, yay. Talk about that. 
Uh, well, she's a uh, librarian. Um, Her name is Wickerbottom. You're a cruel and unusual. Is, is Wickerbottom? <laughs> Man. So my my wife's a librarian, so I can okay, make fun of. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You've been given permission. But uh, yeah, she she um she's very smart. Um, she I think she gets like a bonus research tech level or something. I was actually just writing that today. Um, but uh, yeah, she she's very smart. She talks in like scientific Latin names for things when you inspect stuff. Uh, very matter of fact, um, wants things to be in order and categorized. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, that's about, I think that's all of them. Of currently. Them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now basic gameplay. Uh, this is one of the first games where there's, there's a, a real fear like involved in it. But it's not the typical, okay, we're going to fight with swords and, you know, the game is, is deliberately frightening in that it's throwing out, like, gross things at you. It, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's more just the, wow, well, all the lights are going out and you better, you know, it took me a couple tries to figure out, oh, there's, you know, little things to the left that show me what to build and I better <laughs> build a fire or I will die. You know, like you can't, like you said, you're thrown into it and you sort of have to figure everything out almost like you are in an actual survival situation, which is, um, yeah, we actually, that I'm, I'm glad you had that experience because that, that's the intended experience. Um, we, we've actually had a lot of internal testing with, uh, people from Craigslist, um, uh, basically just people who volunteer to try out a new video game and, and we watch them, um, and, and we see like, what they do in the first night having absolutely no knowledge and we don't tell them what to do they they just kind of talk out loud and play the game and uh i i want players to actually die in the first night to because because that that is a teaching moment right it tells oh, you yes. oh this game that's not supposed to happen you're not supposed it's supposed to tell me what to do um but <laughs> yeah uh, we've been trained you know and spoon-fed that this is how a game works and oh, the sure, first yeah. time you die and you can't reload oh my lord <laughs> what yeah, is this i've lost everything yeah but but you've gained something. You've gained the knowledge that the game is going to kill you in eight mi- or six minutes if you don't do something about it. Um, so eventually, you know, people then they they say, "Oh, I can craft something. Oh, I need to make a fire." And then they make a fire, and then probably they starve to death a couple of days later. And that's the next lesson <laughs> that the hounds come, and then oh, more more learning. Um, it did take me until like day 25 to figure out I could make a sleep roll and I wouldn't have to sit there all night like twiddling my thumbs going um yeah okay yeah the, the twiddling your thumbs and that, that that's that's a problem with the game I have to address that somehow um <laughs> things should attack you more that'd be fun yeah well the, the hounds are well they're kind of random I, I guess when when the sanity update drops there'll be some interesting things that oh I don't... my well I have to tell you I have hounds in my game but they don't attack me they like me and then I feed them meat and they follow me around. So I don't know if that's supposed to happen, but they uh, bark and follow me, which is... Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. They're weird sentient hounds just in your belt. They're, okay. They're, they're supposed to be pretty distractible. Like, they'll kind of get distracted by birds and butterflies and whatever. Um, but they I don't think they should follow you. Oh, no. <laughs> they follow me around. Okay. I took a huh. picture. I'll show you then. They're okay. all sleeping yeah. next to me on the ground. It's cute. I I wasn't even aware that they slept. Okay. <laughs> I guess so. See, the game, the emergent gameplay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You sure they're not pigs? <laughs> uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty different. Um, but yeah, I think like with, with fear and horror in games is, is an interesting thing. Um, I think that, uh, kind of the last game to, to really give me a good, a good scare, um, well, actually the, the two, the two last games to give me a good scare were, were the first night of Minecraft. 
Mm. Um, like the first time you ever play Minecraft and night comes and one of those little green things comes and blows you up. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that, that right there was, was probably like the, the, the seed of the inspiration for let's make a game based around that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other game is, is Amnesia, um, which it, I think everyone's played, yes. but it's, it's, it's really good and really scary. Like actually, like you're catching your breath scary at times. And I think that, um, if you compare those games to um, a game like Dead Space, which is supposed to be a horror game, but it, it it's not, right? Because I think that in order to be a successful horror game, you have to have um, a sense of helplessness. Mm-hmm. Like, if you give yourself a gun and a shotgun and you can blow up whatever you want, basically, based upon your gaming skills, it's kind of just a gross action game. Like, you're, you're fighting monsters who are gory and, and, and whatever, but there's no actual fear there because... Um, the player is still an action hero, um, which is why in, in, in Don't Starve, um, like Wilson has, he, he can fight, um, but, well, uh, high level, uh, players will, will kite very effectively and we need to kind of stop that as well. But mm. the intention at least is that Wilson's not actually that good of a fighter. Um, he doesn't take many hits before he goes down. Um, his offensive abilities are, are weird at best. Like he can use sleeping darts and, and, and boomerangs and, and, and stuff like that, but he can't, uh, he doesn't have guns. He doesn't have a musket or, or, or anything that would be time period appropriate. Um, in fact, like the, the best weapon in the game is like the, a, a piece of a dead tentacle monster that you can kind of swing around, but he'll, he'll never win any, uh, like martial arts contests, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a beard. And I have to tell you, this game is prejudiced against people that do not have beards <laughs> because I'm saying there's a meat puppet. What is it? Meat something uh, effigy. And that is great because you can make that. And then it comes back to life one time if you die. But what, what about the girls? Like I couldn't figure out how to make them come back to life. Without it. There's there's another way to prevent. I mean, Wolfgang doesn't grow a beard either. Uh, Wilson is the only beardy character. Um, and I, that that kind of just happened. Like we we gave him a beard because it was awesome, right? Because he's trapped in the woods and he gets more and more beardy. Mm-hmm, um, yes. Because why not? Adams. Yeah. Uh, and then we had. Um, beard hair as an object sitting around <laughs> to razor yourself and the beard <laughs> hair falls on the ground yeah it's like what, what can we do with this beard hair and then um at around the time we were, we were having issues with with permadeath um mm-hmm. and that you know someone's playing for five six hours um and they die that sucks i mean it's good um and that you really try not to die but there should be some kind of like player initiated mitigating factor for that. So we come up with the meat effigies and it just kind of made sense to, to, to allow to, to require some piece of the player character in that meat effigy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of got all that set up and then we added the other characters. And at the time they were both the, the two female characters and I was like, Oh, um, hmm. uh, <laughs> now what? Um, so, so at that point I made the decision that, that, Wolf, Wilson is the meat effigy beard character and everyone else has a different superpower. Like they like fires in the dark or they have a ghost that visits them yes. and, and that kind of thing. Um, for those other characters, I mean, like you can switch characters at will using the, uh, tent, um, once you have them unlocked. So, oh, now I know. Yeah. You, you can, you can start as Wilson, build a meat effigy and then switch to another character for, for whatever task you, you, you want to do. Will you then come uh, back as Wilson should you die? I actually don't remember. I think you don't. I think you come back as the character you were when you. Okay. Now, see, I've been digging at the graves, and I've come up with an amulet, but I don't know if this is the magical amulet that keeps me from dying, or if it's just like somebody has some um, jewelry and died. That, that 
try wearing it and and run at like a hound and see what happens. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that well, that actually is that's the other. That's kind of the the character independent resurrection item. Okay. So if you're wearing that and you die, um, it kind of floats up into the air and lifts you by your neck and then there's a bit of an explosion and everything falls asleep and then you you have to pick up all your items really quickly and get out of the way <laughs> before they all wake up again okay well that's fun <laughs> that's fun now see the thing that kills me all the time are the tentacles and i know that you're you're supposed to have a strategy where you back up and hit them and various other things but i have not been able to to kill any of them i just died again yesterday with it so i'll have to figure that out but um, what are some of your favorite monsters and ways to die? Um, well, I like the I like the tall birds just for the look of them, and, and they're one of the one of the first creatures to start to get a, a full ecosystem and life cycle. Um, mm. And that if they have eggs, and you can take the egg and hatch it, and get a small bird who grows up into a teen bird who grows up into a tall bird. Um, and then at, at that point, we, we still have some more work to do. I want that that bird to actually go off and make its own nest, and oh. the cycle of life will continue. Um, right now, I think he just pecks you to death once he grows up. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's not a reward. <laughs> uh, he, he rolls with you for a while. Okay. <laughs> like he, you get about eighteen days of of having a a teen bird buddy um, who who will fight for you and, and is is pretty good at at fighting things. Um, but yeah, then he grows up and decides he doesn't like you anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I like them. Um, the beefalo are they're getting there. Um, They'll be a little more interesting next update. Uh, there, there's something coming for them that will make them a little more complete. They got they got a little more, more functionality last update with uh, proper herding and and uh, their mating season thing and 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 all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I like the characters that that we've managed to go over once or twice or three times um, rather than just. When we first put the characters in, they're usually just kind of like an idea of the character in a sketch, and and we see how players react to them, and mm-hmm. and which ones players like better, and 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 how people would expect characters to be. Like a lot of this game is that um, what is intuitive should probably work, right? Because we don't have tutorials, right. so the fact that you can cook meat, um, that's something that a lot of people wanted to do before we had that in there. It's like, oh, can I cook this? And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a good idea. You should be able to cook that. <laughs> so so in, in, in showing people kind of like the work in progress and, and the half-completed stuff, if we can gauge the reaction and see what um, non-designers and non-people who stare at the thing all day would actually expect it to do, and, and then we can work towards making it act like that, um, which, makes the game seem, which makes the game world seem a lot more rich. I see. I do find after a certain level, once you understand the mechanics of the game and basically what you have to do, you get to like a maintenance point where you can just kind of, it turns into a little bit of Farmville, where you can just kind of keep your little area going and, and such. How do you fight that feeling like as a player when you hit, you know, the 30, 40 um, hours and you've explored most of the world and, you know, you kind of just have your area that's functioning? Like what, what do you do at that point to, to keep people moving forward? Yeah, that that's kind of our fundamental design uh, puzzle at the moment is, is is how to do that, and the way that we're planning to do it is um, well, two things. Um, uh, the first thing is that there's a way out of the world. Um, cur- currently, you can't leave the world, um, but okay. you will be able to move on. So by 
questing, not, not explicit questing, but by finding the right things and combining them in the right way, um, you'll be able to leave and go somewhere else. So I think that will, that's kind of a pull mechanic, um, to get people, because people want to progress and they want to see what's next. So. Then will it randomly generate a whole new world once you leave and you'll just keep going and going? Or is it like a specific place you're saying, okay, you leave this to go to? Um, I think uh, it'll, it'll be a new world, but a, um, a more difficult one. Um, with uh, it, it, it all, it, we're still kind of working out the details of exactly how this will work. Okay. Um, actually, when it when it goes live at first, it'll just be another world that you can like. Oh, try again. Um, <laughs> Insane mode. Insane, yeah. But, well, the same mode, but you have your inventory from the last world. So, um, but once we have that in place, we're going to start to 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 layer on more difficulty. Like maybe there's a world where it's usually dark. Um, how do you react to that? Um, so, so that's or maybe there's monsters that only exist past world two, three, four, or biomes that are unique to to later worlds. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, so, so that's kind of the pull mechanic to like get people to want to leave um, and, and to explore is, is to put actual treasure out there and, and functionality that you can't have at your base. Um, and then we also have kind of a push mechanic coming um, with winter. Um, oh, like weather yeah. or specifically seasons? Uh, specific, well, I, weather probably eventually post-launch someday, okay. um, but specifically uh, before launch, winter. Um, if you put the winter hat on in the game right now, you can see a little like kind of Easter egg preview of what it actually would look like. Um, but the idea is that um, the strategies that you have built um, and, and you rely upon in the summer will no longer work in, in winter. So like if you're sitting there kind of happily farming along, yes. well, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hope you canned your food or something before that happens. <laughs> okay. Um, go out and, and, and hunt beefalo now or, or, or some winter creature or, or or something like that. Um, so, so yeah, like I think that uh, right now you can reach a steady state, but largely that's because the world is in a steady state. Um, so by introducing these like world changing events uh, that, that change over time um, and kind of force you into finding a new niche, uh, I, I think that will help a lot. Okay. <laughs> At least I hope so. <laughs> Earthquakes. No. <laughs> we, we thought about it. Yeah. Um, it's just a, question of implementation and what would exactly do and i mean it could be a way to make uh, more rock show up in the world that's also a problem yes. people have eventually <laughs> well talking about world generation i've sort of found i mean i've only en ended up with two distinct ones but it seems like there's kind of like a base of i want to call them three islands maybe connected by paths and i've noticed um in the two that i've had generated i've not seen a beefalo is there just the random generation, does it include every aspect of, of all the things um, included? Or is it just going to pick and randomly choose things that may or may not be there? Right now, it's supposed to have everything in it. There's a couple of... Are you using, are you using the test generation or the one, classic? One classic generation? and one test. Okay, yeah. And the the test one that's live right now has some bugs in it. And uh, why, why it's test, I guess. Um, okay. Sometimes certain things don't show up uh, kind of by accident. We're actually fixing that this for this update, hopefully. Hmm. Um Right now, um, we're kind of just at the edge of uh, having enough content to not put all the content in every world. Okay. Um, so, like, you, you need you need enough stuff for the world to be interesting. Um, we've always, uh, up until this point, we've kind of been like, oh, we almost have enough stuff. We need a couple more things to make the world interesting. But we actually have quite a lot of stuff now. Mm, um, yes. And in the uh, at least eight months more development that will be adding more stuff though there'll be a lot of stuff uh by the very end um so yeah we would probably even even just for technical reasons that we can't load all the textures at once um we would limit um in, in interesting ways what you would see in each world do you think there'll be like a technology cap because this sort of seems like it's, it's a bit steampunk 
in some ways. And, you know, you're looking at, you know, maybe that level, like Victorian, of, of possible things you can create. Do you think there'll be an option where you can make, like, some sort of transportation to make things faster? Or, or is it all going to stay kind of, like, within, you know, up to that era? Um, I think, well, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Everyone says Victorian. I actually meant it to be, like, the 20s. It's supposed to be Edwardian. But it's because of I the guess hat. It's the top it's the hat. hat. It's- He's in the woods, too. So what, what, can you, what can you say about a tree? <laughs> Um, I don't think like he doesn't have like heavy industry at his disposal. So anything that he that he's that he's making is is, is kind of going to be Gilligan's Island. Yeah, um, the giant stuff. boiler um, research guy though kind of gives it like that too. The, the alchemy the engine, al- yes. For science. Um, yeah, so so I think like and, and one of the other things is like you know he starts with a science machine, which is kind of a strange concept, but then he moves to an alchemy engine, and then probably the one after that will be a little less scientific and a little less scientific as he gets further and further down the rabbit hole of. Uh, getting in touch with the world that he's in. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think there would be anything high tech. Um, okay. y- you might see stuff like, like world war one era type stuff. Um, but it'll probably have a little bit of a, an increasingly magical edge as, as the oh, game progresses. Nice. Now let's discuss the pigmen <laughs> because, okay. Okay. um, I do think it's funny that people make the comparison that they look like little outhouses <laughs> that they live in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the idea, like, the pigmen speak, and, and they're understandable. Like, what do you think of the idea? Like, people consider them almost sentient beings, and yet you have to harvest them for resources if you want to get pigskin to build their own pig house. <laughs> I feel a little bit bad about that. I've got to say, Kevin. That's good. That's good. I, that means the game made you feel something. <laughs> yeah, you can read very deeply into this game if you choose to. I think. And that's one of the areas where it's like, okay, well, survival, you know, do you want to... <laughs> where, where is my personal line of comfort? Yeah. <laughs> will like, I kill for bacon? <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Was he, the funny thing is I'm actually a vegetarian. And so <laughs> this, whole, like, this whole focus upon meat is, is, is mostly it, it making fun of everything. But um, yeah, look, I think, I think it's, it, it's, it's interesting to, to make the player do things that they're not totally comfor- comfortable with. Because, you know, you play like Grand Theft Auto or something, you're mowing down pedestrians <laughs> yeah. left and right yeah. and, you know, blowing stuff up for no particular reason. And, and you don't care. It, it's a game. It's, mm-hmm. it's very gamey. But if you can actually have a game, because in the end, it's a game. It doesn't matter what you do in it, right? Like, there's no morality in, in Don't Starve, really. Although you say but, at the end, there might be. Uh, well. Or you get <laughs> like game, an angel reward if you don't kill the pigs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it wouldn't be, it'd be more a pig reward. You get to like live with the pigmen. You know, <laughs> um but but the fact that like the player if if we can convince the player to internalize a value system uh and, and impose that upon the game i think that that's an interesting space to play with so like you know it it is a perfectly viable strategy to build a pigman house and then every 3 days a pigman pops out and you whack him over the head and he has no friends around and he lives for a total of 3 seconds and then you eat him totally valid i'm not going to judge you <laughs> well the um, pigs get names though later like my pig uh, is named I, constantine and now it's harder <laughs> to kill him <laughs> yeah, the, the pigs are actually named after uh, Roman emperor <laughs> um, team members uh, on the on the dev team and uh, types of food. I think okay. there, there's there's a big list of names in there somewhere. The fact that but, they forget that they're your friend though makes it a little bit simpler to to take them. They're off. not your friend. They're they're it's it's a it's a they're it's users. a transaction. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like they're 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 fulfilling a service for a payment in me. <laughs> So many places we could go with that, but we won't. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay. So there is an interesting kind of circle of life thing happening in this game, too. And a lot of it involves poop, I've got to tell you. 
Like, yeah, what's that about? Like the birds and the seeds and the well, it's, it's, fertilizer. It's, it's, we we take the real world as inspiration. It's you know, like you want for something, you, you use. You know, you know. have jokes that clay about this, right? There must be. Yeah. Um, well, at one point, actually, I, I when I was tuning some economy stuff in the game, I inadvertently. Um, so, so, so what I saw in Twitch, because I watch a lot of Twitch feeds of the game, I watch a lot of YouTube hmm. videos, just like seeing what people actually do, and I read the forums obsessively. Okay. Um, but people were making these giant farms of of grass <laughs> and giant farms of berries, and you know it's 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 huge. And it, and the, I get a little uncomfortable when the game goes in that territory because it does kind of get farmville-y, mm. and it totally destroys the challenge. And it's like, okay, well, mm, what can we do for that? So I had the bright idea that okay, well. Um, every time you harvest the grass, you have to put poop on it to, to make it, you know, come back to fertilize it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is a minor thing. People aren't going to care that much. I check it in. We push the update and there's a fan revolt. Um, <laughs> people are like, do you really want your game to be all about poop? I spent all day collecting poop. To- <laughs> and, and I was like, what? <laughs> How much grass are you using? And, and it turned out like there was an underlying problem in that, um, just kind of, you know, we type a lot of numbers into the game all day, and and in the past, at least, we're, we're pretty cowboy about like, oh, okay, to make this hat, you need eight beefalo hides and whatever. Um, turns out all those numbers really matter. Um, so um, the the crafting recipes were set up such that you needed a lot of grass to get anything done. So there was actually a, a reason that people were making these giant grass farms. It's because we were incentivizing them to do so by requiring them to have all this grass. Um, so I actually uh, asked the forum to give me like a report, like, you know, like when you play, um, what do you do all day? How much grass do you use? What are you spending it on? And I was shocked at the answers. Um, they were using tons and tons of grass. Um, and then by using the reports, I was able to, to kind of tune things down and, and, and leave the reliance upon poop. Cause I think that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but make it so that they actually need to use less grass. And, and that was kind of a win-win for everybody. But, um, it, it, it's funny, like, User player feedback is great, um, and, and I love it, but often the things that they talk about and the things that they complain about aren't actually the problems. It's the symptom. So you have to do a little digging to find out what, what, what the reason that they're behaving in a certain way or, or expecting something to happen in a certain way is. Hmm. Uh, let's go to Steam. Um, how long until you think this is out of beta and goes live for a complete full game? Um, it's, it comes out like the same day as Bioshock, unfortunately. Oh, no, Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's late March, uh, okay. twenty something. I f- I forget exactly. Um, that's uh, Steam doesn't let you stay beta forever, which is a good thing because mm. left left to your own devices, we could just stay beta forever. But yeah. y- you have to put a put a bow on it at some point and say this is the product, and now we're going to improve upon the product. But there's no more placeholder stuff allowed at that point <laughs> it does seem like uh i'm hearing about it more and more uh, what do you have like what are your feelings about the expected reception and, and how do you think it will go um well I'm, I'm actually kind of blown away by the by the reception that it's got already um i mean we we launched really quietly um mm. but uh and i mean we actually you, you could have played the game i think as early as July or so uh, on Chrome, uh, which was our first platform, um, okay. and I think Total Biscuit did a 
WTF is Don't Starve, and that was kind of our first big influx of players. And that was like, oh wow, Total Biscuit talked about us. It's huge. <laughs> and it, and then for you know people would play, and, and we could analyze their play, and it was great. We were getting testing done and and compatibility testing. Like there's a lot of machines out there, and a lot of them aren't very good. So <laughs> people play like netbooks that are like uh, made out of wood or something. Okay. And, and, so there's a lot of optimization to be done to, to make it work with what people bring to the table. Um, but yeah, then we watched that for a couple of months. And then I think um, we, we launched on Steam beta uh, start of September, I think. I was actually on vacation at the time and, and kind of like checking um, when, when, I, when I wasn't busy. And uh, it, the reception there was great. Um, but then I think that uh, Yogscast found mm. it. Um, and I didn't know what a Yogscast was uh, <laughs> before this. <laughs> um, but yeah, Yogscast found it and, and it, it blew up, um, which was great. Um, it, y- you start watching the numbers and you're like, woo, we're Minecraft. But you're not Minecraft. <laughs> Minecraft eventually, Minecraft. eventually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, we're, we're kind of like, like sales are all right. They're play, people are playing it. You can actually see now on Steam, if you click on the top 100 played games we started showing up there um mm. yesterday um previously i guess we were beta and or for some reason like our numbers were such that we should have been there but we weren't there but now we are and i mean there's about a thousand playing at any given time which is amazing it's because i have um, no life kevin that's why <laughs> it's okay <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah look i'm i'm blown away i i, I love seeing people play the game. Um, I love hearing the stories that fall out of it. Like I, I love a good let's play where, where crazy stuff happens and people react to it. And I mean, I, I, I hope more and more people see it, but I mean, I'm pretty happy with what we've got already. <laughs> Do you think it will come, come out for consoles eventually? Um, for that? There's no, there's no definite plans, but I mean, we're always looking like we're not for or against any, business model or console really we're just trying to make a living <laughs> so i mean i've i've given some thought to like console controls um and i think it's doable um it would it would be a bunch of work to kind of figure out the details there mm-hmm. uh, but the kind of the space bar was the first like stab at like can we actually predict what the person wants to do based upon where they are and what they have and it kind of works so i think like you know with a standard like xbox or ps3 controller you have like four contextual buttons and shoulders could do some crafting things i guess um, it could work. Okay. Um, chat room, I'm going to start asking you questions. If you would like to ask him questions, just start think of, thinking of those and listing them in a minute or two. So put your, put your questions in there. Um, I have to say, it took me a little while like to figure out what RBT meant. Like I couldn't plant a pine cone because I'm like, oh, right button, duh. Oh, like yeah. it took me a while to figure out that's what we were trying to say with that. So yeah. I guess you could see, you know, if you have a console and all the options, it might be a little difficult. But yeah, a little a little icon would probably be good there too. <laughs> there you go. I was with a highlighted button or something. We actually had people who who play on a Mac on the Chrome version. They're like, well, I don't have a right mouse button, um, but you can actually you can double tap or like two finger tap the yeah. the trackpads and it okay. works. But not everyone knows that. Okay. Um, if you have the Steam version, uh, does it auto-update, or do you need to go and do that yourself? Because I've seen like some of the things coming in recently where um, there's options to dig uh, different tiles, different kinds of ground, and move them around, and I've not seen that coming up in my game. Is it something you have to do auto, uh, personally? It, it, it does automatically update if you've got your Steam set up to automatically mm. update. Um, okay. Some people turn that off, um, so I would check to see if you've done that. Um, otherwise, I think you can, like, uh, well, it's always scary to tell people to delete local content because they'll lose their save game. But you can. <laughs> I will kill you. 
you can verify <laughs> local content in Steam and, and, and see, but yeah, it should auto-update. Okay. So for people who, you know, haven't been reading necessarily, what's, what are the new things that just came out? Because I believe it updates like every eight days. You guys are really uh, prolific about it, that. It, 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 it depends. It, uh, we, we try to go every two weeks. Okay. Uh, at the start of the year, we had a little, like the shovel update was, was kind of a, a, a small one by itself. Um, what, what did come out in the last update? Oh, spoilage. The spoiled rotten update was the last one that went last. Yeah. So your food spoils now because mm-hmm. the world hates you. Uh, and <laughs> what else happened? The beefalo started acting a little funny. There were some more items in relation to the beefalo. Um, God, I've been thinking about the, the, the next update too much. I, I actually don't remember what <laughs> happened. Feel free to tell me what's going to happen in the next update. I will yeah, not object. Yeah. Well, the, the video's coming soon. Um, <laughs> See, I'll, I'll check the wiki. They do a good job of keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of pets can you I'm, have? I'm blown away by the wiki. The wiki is awesome. <laughs> I, I've delved into the wiki just a little bit, but I don't want to spoil it for myself. If, I, if yeah. I'm doing something and I, I don't want to know more about that particular item, I will read about it on the wiki. And yeah, it's very extensive. It's very, they're actually to the point where people, uh, they decompile the, the scripts for the game and then analyze the source code and then post the details about it. Uh, <laughs> no secrets. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that kind of dedication. I, I, my hat is off. <laughs> um, but yeah, let me just see. Uh, don't starve game. Are you going to look it up on the wiki? I have it open. Hang on. Uh, I do like the polls that they have on the wiki. And I, I don't know if you were like supportive of the wiki or you thought like, oh, you guys are spoiling everything and we don't like that. But they do uh, ask, you know, like, oh, do you yeah, think this... Yeah, no, it's... Go ahead. It's good. I think my, my official position with that is, like, it, people are going to play the way that they want to play. Um, and if they... Some people want to learn everything. Some people want to wiki everything. And who am I to tell them one way is better than the other? I mean, like, I, I think that, like, the way it's designed is for people who don't use the wiki. Like, everything should be learnable. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to shortcut your way in... I mean, like, I'm playing Dark Souls right now, and I'm using the wiki because it's really hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, so food, food spoilage, uh, WX78 was new, um, there was some, oh, teen birds were new as well. Oh, Otto, right, right, right. Otto von Chesterfield Esquire, um, was a new character that you can find. Um, he's like a little fluffy piece of luggage that follows you around and eats items for you and carries them. Oh, I must find him now. Yeah, you find him. You you find an item that will summon him uh, in in the world somewhere. I won't spoil it. <laughs> I have to say, uh, the spiders that are green are they like queen spiders or something? What what's um, there's there are warrior there are spiders warrior spiders and then the queen spider is is very distinct. <laughs> okay. I d- yeah. If you, if, you have, if you haven't seen her yet, you'll I have you'll not. Be surprised. Okay, she's big. <laughs> okay, I feel sad when they cower. Uh, they don't like the light. <laughs> they don't like my spear either. <laughs> yeah. They... <laughs> okay. Yeah, the 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 angry the angrier spiders were um they're like the anti-kiting monster. So like people were taking absolutely no damage like rolling up on a spider den and just destroying it with with kiting. So it's a it's a spider that kind of jumps at you and stops you from kiting. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh chat room, do you have any anything that you would like to ask about the game? Okay. I know. Yeah, Twitch is another thing that I mean, I, I I guess I'm a little disconnected from from gamer culture sometimes, but I, I was not really aware of Twitch. Hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden we got all these hits from Twitch, and it was like, quick, figure out what this thing is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Twitch is nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's good to. I do a lot of like just. I feel like playing, and why not 
watch people play games, then you can kind of see if it's something you're interested in getting, which is nice mm -hmm. to preview. They would like to know what your inspiration for the water graphics are. Oh, the the sea. Yeah, um, the I sea think uh, Jeff Jeff's Jeff designed that. I think he was talking about Lemony Snicket at the time. I think there's <laughs> yes. there's intro credits for that movie that that look kind of like that. But it's it's like a it's supposed to look like cardboard on sticks, kind of moving around. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, will there be a point where you can fish in the ocean? Do you think? Um, I don't I don't know because fishing in the ocean would probably be a little too accessible. Oh, um, okay, true. Because you can do it everywhere, right? Like the with um, with the pond fishing in the swamp, you have to worry about swamp monsters and frogs, and and you have to go to the swamp, and you usually don't set your base up there, so there's some traveling involved. Um, I don't know, saltwater fishing, maybe it would have to be a little different. It would have to require something on the player's part so that they can't just do it to get free food. <laughs> I see. I see. I've been getting some fish, and I understand there's an option where you might end up getting some frog who kills you, which I have not had happen yet. But yeah, he pops out pretty infrequently, and then he, he when he when he kind of licks you with his tongue, your some of your items will pop out, and you have to go pick them up. <laughs> he's a bit he's a bit of a pushover right now. Actually, you can kill him in one shot. I think. <laughs> okay, then I won't fear the fishing. <laughs> um, yeah, the questions in the chat room about Halloween, like this game, seems like it would lend itself very well to some sort of a Halloween trick as far as ma making your character a monster or something neat. Do you have any plans for that? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually... So so we talk about that a lot, actually. Um, like, in terms of to what extent are we a live game, to what extent do we market that way. Uh, I'm not a big fan of specially made content that only exists for a little while in the world and then goes away. Um, from a production standpoint, it's, it costs a lot to make. Um, and then I think also it... it it makes the game seem less permanent, I think, in a way, um, and a little too malleable. Um, okay. We actually tried a little bit with that with Krampus. Um, I don't know if you've looked into the saga of Krampus, but um, he's this character that we brought in for Krampus Knocked, uh, which is like kind of evil Christmas. <laughs> no, I did not see that. Anyway, like if if you look back in the forums, people are will still rant to this day about Krampus. But uh, Krampus was an interesting character. He would punish you for being naughty. Um, he's kind of like anti Santa. Um, so like you know you would kill rabbits, and there was some list of actions that were were naughty. Mostly it was about um, killing animals, um, okay. and killing defenseless and non monsters. Um, and you would do enough of this, and then Krampus would start to warn you with some audio cues, and then eventually he would show up. And he's kind of like this, like, goat man with a big, like, sack on his back. And he would come, and he would, he actually wouldn't even attack you. He would just kind of come and then kick some stuff, like your chests, and he would steal an item, and he would run away and disappear, and your item is gone. And, and you could fight him, and you could, you could fight back against him, but people hated him. Like they, they absolutely hated him for the most part. I think that, that people felt judged. Like that, I was accused uh. of, of of purporting like vegan propaganda. And <laughs> it was like like I'm just trying to survive. It's not fair that Krampus would. And I was like, well, it's it's thematic. It's a game. It's fun. <laughs> but so so there was that. And then like I think people really don't like it when um like you can attack the player. That's cool. Fair game. You touch their stuff. Oh man, watch out. <laughs> it, it just feels a little too personal. I think, and, and we, we built him up in the marketing too. Like, it's like Krampus is coming. Watch out. You better be good. <laughs> and then, yeah. So I ended up, I ended up nerfing him almost into oblivion. Um, 
because it's actually kind of hard to get him to show up. People, he, he drops, uh, his Krampus bag, which is a backpack with an extra couple slots, which, which is, it got a ridiculously slow drop rate. It's like 1%. So some people really want that bag and they summon Krampus and kill Krampus and, and do that. But for the most part, I think he just, he just needs to be repurposed to be something else because he's, he's too toxic. Mm. <laughs> he's kind of like my Poochie. Um, <laughs> like my solution is always, like, Oh, we should, Krampus should show up and the other characters should ask where Krampus is when he's not around. But everyone just looks at me in the office like, no, no, Kevin, no more. <laughs> Never bringing it back. <laughs> we need bags in this game. I've got to tell you, like, I lose track of where I put the chests in different right. areas and it'd be nice. I need like an 18 slot bag. Uh, I, I was going to put bags in, actually. We have art for a bag, but mm. um, I was watching uh, one of the other programmers play, oh, what was the name? Glitch, I think? Some MMO or something. Okay. Um, actually made down the street from us. Um, but they had bags in their inventory system, and, and he's like, he, he heard that I was doing bags, and he's like, hey, Kevin, take a look at this. You want bags? Check this out. And his inventory in this game was like, you know, you had like your standard however many slots. Every slot was a bag. So it just yeah, just made true. things very cumbersome because, like, if you give the player that, then the correct response from the player is like, "Well, I want to carry a lot of stuff, so we have a lot of bags." So you just like you're adding like an extra click at least for every inventory manipulation. So, I mean, inventory management is is one of those things that's kind of annoying in every game, and yeah. th- there has to be a solution. And I'm still trying to think of of what to do. And I think that having like Chester von Ottoman around who will carry stuff for you and pick stuff up for you and kind of manage that. Mm-hmm kind of autonomously is, 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 is a step in the right direction. Um, also maybe like reducing the number of things that you actually want to or feel compelled to carry around, um, is good. Although that's hard because people kind of by their nature want to pick up everything. And it's not nailed down. <laughs> it is like Skyrim in that sense, because you're like, Oh, it's a berry bush. Oh, there's a twig. Oh, there's, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just kind of grab things on the way because you know, at some point you're going to need to eat and all the rest of that. So the game almost lends itself to creating like a campsite. Yeah. And then well, I'm totally you know, not against a camp. I, th- I think like some people um, in 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 the forums and, and online I've seen think that we're we're against against base building, but we're definitely not. We're 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 trying to make the game less turtly, but that just means we want you to make a base and like go out and explore, and then come back to your base, and then go out and explore, and come back to your base. But <laughs> there, there, there's something very satisfying about making a base um, and yes. and like setting it up just right, and you know moving the tiles around so that you know it's the right color and everything is is in a row and lined up and and great. Like the, the game appeals very heavily to to hoarding and OCD and oh, <laughs> so. yes, yes. The chat room says more pylons. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we are getting close to ending. Is there anything else you think we should know about the game or about you before we uh, close? I can't. I can't think of anything we, that that we haven't covered. I mean, like, um, I'd say that anyone who's interested in the game or or has any questions about the design or or any suggestions or anything to just swing by the forums. Like, I, I do check and I do respond and I I try to. Uh, I try to at least explain all the all the all the decisions that we make. Um, like you're like. Why are, why does food spoil? That's not fair. Well, I, I can tell you why. If you, if you go to the forum, I'll, I'll explain like what the reasoning from the team was on that. Um, because it, like I view, I view the, the creation of the game as very much a, a, a kind of a collaborative process between the game designer, uh, the, sorry, the game, the game developers and the audience for the game. So, I mean, with a game like Don't Starve, like it takes hours and hours and hours to play a single game. So we, we are limited in how much we can actually play. Um, so we, we do rely upon feedback in order to adjust from update to update, um, what we're actually putting out there for people. Okay. Well, that's a good tip. Hopefully there is a, a site 
distinctly for Don't Starve? I mean, you can go to the Clay website as well, but um, do you recall the website? I don't have it up. Uh, it's don'tstarvegame.com. Okay, very good. Yeah. Is I think it- we're adding a fan Ooh. feature zone today if that goes live. <laughs> so, okay, what'll be there? Um, well, there's a lot of fan art for the game. People make some pretty cool pictures and animations and some songs even. So just a, a place to kind of show, show that off and let people um, see how creative some of the fans are actually being. Nice. Okay. A big thank you to Kevin. You can find him on Twitter at KRF. And do you want to give your um, website out for the comics if people want to follow you and some of oh, your writing? Oh, sure. Yeah. So if you, uh, I, I have a, a site where I put my comics. Uh, it's called robotandghost.com. Uh, it, I used to do a webcomic called Simulated Comic Product, if, if anybody actually remembers that, probably not. <laughs> but the archives for that are up there, and then the short stories that I do for uh, Cloudscape also go up there. <laughs> Robots and ghosts are a theme with you, are they not? Kinda, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Simulated Comic Product strips about sad robots who are just dejected with their lot in life. <laughs> yes, 42. Yeah. All right. If you'd like to leave some feedback or keep up with the news, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast, at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast, or on iTunes. If you're in the chat room and you enjoyed this, I encourage you to subscribe so you can hear more interviews. And if you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, you can email your questions, advice, or talk about this episode to genesegray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next week with a new episode. Yay, chat room. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>